Let's Talk, a podcast where migrant women discuss mental health. This podcast is brought to you by Akidwa and kindly funded by the Bank of Ireland. Join us in our four-episode series where we discuss our experiences navigating the migrant status in the workplace, seeking asylum, being a mother, and in terms of access to mental health. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode titled Everyone Needs Therapy or Not. Today with me, I have Shakir, PhD researcher in psychology, and Samantha, who is the communications expert engineer. These two with me are both migrant women as well, working um, in the migrant community. And I myself, I'm Sharon. Don't know why I introduced myself last. (laughs) But I am also um, an expert researcher in matters of drafting and very active in the migrant community. I'm not sure if we should say our countries, so I'm, I think we should to give more authenticity to our migrantness. So I'm going to say I am Nigerian. And if the girls, I'll start from Shaki, can just say where they're from as well. Yeah, um, I'm from India. I'm an Indian citizen. I grew up around the world in India, Indonesia and the U.S. Mm. And then since then, I've also lived in the U.S. and the Netherlands before coming to Ireland. Gosh, international. Okay. Very good. Okay, I think it's my turn. So I'm Sam. Um, Yeah, I'm from South America, Venezuela. I came to Ireland several years ago. And yeah, I have been living here uh, since a while. I do, yeah, social media content, but mainly communication. So that's me. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, cute. Um, (laughs) Now I feel like I have to say more about myself. So (laughs) I came to Ireland maybe like five years ago now. It's been sweet and slightly bitter, but I think this is where I'm meant to be. I'm just basically a human rights lawyer. And today's episode, anyway, we'll be diving deep into, first of all, understanding what mental health is. So I'm going to roll the dice to you, Shakir, as our expert, to just tell us what is mental health? Because it seems like nowadays everybody has some kind of disorder or self-diagnosing with something. Yeah, I mean, mental health is kind of a broad concept. There's no like one definition. It depends on like the person as well, like what they think mental health is. Um, It usually encompasses like psychological, emotional and social well-being. And basically like, are you like mentally healthy versus mentally unhealthy? And that can mean different things for different people. Um, For example, like some people have a higher tolerance to like uncertainty in life and some people have very low tolerance. Like for me personally, I don't have a very high tolerance to uncertainty and that affects my mental well-being a lot. So it's kind of like how resilient are you to changes in life and like uh, adverse events as well. Like, you know, some people can have good mental health even in like really terrible situations, um, whereas others can have poor mental health in supposedly what can seem from the outside like a very healthy environment. Like, you know, they're financially stable, like they have good parents and stuff, but they might still have poor mental health. So, yeah. Um, it's not very it's not a very definitive answer, but that's kind of it. I, I kind of think as I kind of think of resiliency as one of the main components of mental health. Um, like good mental health is like being able to bounce back from adverse events um, and tolerate and cope with changes in life well. So it doesn't completely kind of cripple you. Yeah. 
another component of mental health is like if you look at kind of in clinical psychology, people look at like your day to day functioning um, as an indicator of your mental health as well. And I think like in the course of this podcast, we'd be talking about mental health issues and we also don't want to make it seem like maybe migrant women are mental or have mental health issues necessarily or have disorders. So I just want to be able to distinguish starting right at the beginning. To what extent is like a mental health issue, a disorder? Like what is the line between a disorder and an issue? Yeah, that's difficult to determine. Again, like the so like in clinical psychology, we generally look at like how maladaptive is your like issue kind of. So like, you know, Um, When you talk about phobias, for example, if you're like afraid of spiders, which like a large proportion of people are like that might be considered a phobia technically, but like Mm -hmm. it's not really a disorder because it doesn't tend to affect your daily life very much. um, Like unless you encounter spiders like all the time and like it's, you know, preventing you from like getting up and like doing your job or getting up and like going and meeting people or leaving the house. Yeah, if I you suppose have, it's, it's, it's how people respond to yeah, exactly. that phobia, for example. Pretty much, yeah. So it's that's why clinicians use functioning and like daily functioning as an indicator of like, is this a disorder or not? And that often is one of the like um, symptoms of the disorders in like the DSM, um, for example, that you take into account whether mm-hmm. when you're trying to determine whether somebody has a diagnosable condition mm-hmm. like depression or anxiety. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned a word there, uh, resilience, and I think that really resonates at least with me and I suppose with many migrant people in general. I feel it's the way that we are so resilient to things that to new environments, of course, we left our countries. So it's just like, you know, this is what it is and this is what we need to do. Um, But yeah, I suppose like in a way before coming to Ireland, really, I never thought about mental health. Mm -hmm. I think this is a very new conversation in a Mm -hmm. way for me. I feel that maybe it's because we are coming from very, let's call it, let's call them toxic environments that you don't have the space to think about mental health. Yeah, like the resilience, like you're just resilient automatically because how can you not be? You know, like you have to keep moving on. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, and they then like in some places you are just surviving. You know, in a way, and it's just like there is no space for me. I never thought about being depressed or being sad. You know, it's something that is also like I feel that it's in my family. Like now that I'm thinking, it's just like no one has a space to feel down. It's just like to feel sad. I never saw my dad or my mom feeling in a way. You know, it's just like this is what is happening. This is what we need to do. And that's it. So, so yeah, I feel that it really, mental health is kind of like, in a way, new for me since I am here. And I feel that it's great. Like, for example, that in workspaces you have, like pe- people talk about this. And uh, I know some companies actually, they are giving spaces for people to, Yeah, my company, we have one day, we get one day of the month. Okay, no, one day in the year. (laughs) We get to call our mental health day off. But it's so weird because it's like, like what's not enough? (laughs) It's not enough, but it's better because it only came in this year. Yeah, so. (laughs) Well, well, that's interesting because like that thing, I guess it brings you to like the topic of like um, mental health and like generational trauma Mm. being passed down through like migrant families because like so often it's like 
families when they migrate are in such a fight or flight mode for like many, many years that they don't have the space or time to like actually delve into their like emotional traumas Mm -hmm. and things like that, especially if they're fleeing from like war torn areas and things like that. It's so much about survival that you don't have space or time to think about like, how is this actually affecting my mental health? And Mm -hmm. then it kind of ends up trickling down to your children and grandchildren, like the way you raise them. Mm. Um, You hear a lot of stories about like parents bottling up their emotions and not being able to talk about their feelings or um, absolutely like how things in their life or the way they lived before was like has affected them mentally that like the children end up kind of. When you say how things were before in their life, are you talking about their experience in host countries and not all? Both, like in the countries of origin and And like once they immigrate to the host country, you know? I'd like us to kind of break our discussion that way. So first off, when we're talking about the experience of trauma that can happen in host countries, because I'm coming from a third world country. And even though I don't like saying that because that's very interesting as what it means to be in the first world. Mm. (laughs) But um, like... Let's say less develop. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Developing. Developing. (laughs) You say three minds. Okay. Developing country. Even though the accents which were developing is very questionable. Mm. Like personally, like what you're saying about like conflict, experiencing conflict. I remember like when I was five, there was like a an outbreak of the religious friction and there was literally like I remember literally fleeing in the car and like literally seeing people getting burnt and this is something that I witnessed until I moved to another like a safer region of my country because now I live in the capital and it doesn't mean there's not like maybe there's things like police harassment of people that's like kind of normalized so there's just like I never actually processed this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that like there's to me. a lot of things have not been processed. Yeah. That's what that's what I meant to say before as well. Yes, and so like when I then moved to Ireland and and it, it's it's safer. I feel like in Ireland I'm experiencing maybe different different sort what I'm now being able to identify because of just how much awareness there is about mental health as mental health issues or challenges that like for example like being like the only person of color in my um, office of like about 50 people and sometimes what I even say I just politically I have a problem with so many things because the idea of a person of color is very questionable mm. like if white is not a color on the spectrum then black is not a color on the spectrum like <laughs> why are people not people of color it's, it's I, I like so the weird. term like global majority like hmm. someone from the global majority now as rather well. than the global minority <laughs> like it. yeah it's like it, it rather sounds, than like it sounds like person when you are like not from that majority is kind of like you're a bit exotic in a way it just highlights <laughs> the fact that like you are like we're like not a minority like we are part of the global majority like mm. the, the minority of the world is like caucasian okay is that true okay. yeah really population wise i yes. know in this a point it's going to reach there or maybe we're already there so it's already yeah. there like most people in the world are it's like mixed, black man. or brown yeah that is yeah. so interesting because we continue to see the world in a very caucasian but like lens. the minority has they say more influence and power. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never thought makes wow. sense. Makes sense. So it's kind of like I like that term because it's kind of like Empowering taking back the power a yes. bit, but yeah. like reminding people like you guys might have like outsized power influence, but like we are getting there too. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. are, amen. The majority. But but anyway, sorry. Yeah, digress. But, um, I suppose what what you were saying, mm-hmm. Sharon, about being 
uh, the only foranian in your in your workspace um i kind of resonate with that as well it's just like you're the only person that have an accent yeah you or just you are different. even even something small like you are the only person that have black hair there you know in, in, in my case it's just like yeah this is very and in a way it, it makes me feel very special and then um i feel like i'm always a step behind everyone mm. because um I feel I have a lot of potential, but mm. it's just like, you know, some it's small things like sometimes they talk about TV stuff or oh my God, very I can cultural never understand. stuff. And it's just like, and I really, yes. I feel I'm, as I work in communications, I think I'm really mm. on top of everything and on top of, you know, the culture. Yeah, like exactly. But sometimes it's just, okay, you lost me there, like completely. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't get their references. And a lot of times they like speak with their references, of course, because this is your home, but like, For you, you'd om- almost always feel othered, like, yeah. like you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's how, I suppose, uh, going back to the conversation, is how we deal with that as well. Hmm. And I suppose, yeah, it's more of what we need to offer to the conversation that I suppose, it's just to see the positive of, the, you know, those situations in, in a way, I suppose. Yeah. And I don't even want to just focus on, like, because now we're talking about, like, our mental health as migrants and not just in the office space, but like in society and like how just our status can actually affect our mental health. Because yes, I'm moving out of my country to have a better life than I could have. And there is a lot of gratitude for that. And like when choosing where I was able to migrate to, because I'm fortunate enough to make that choice. I picked Ireland and I'm I'm enjoying a lot of things in being here. Then it also has some also some side effects, like the absence of my support system, the absence of, I don't know, like I don't think like I can actually be broke. <laughs> I think, or even the small things as well, like missing your family's mm-hmm. birthday or something like that. I think um, I, very, I, I have a very hard time sometimes when I am here. And it's Christmas time and everyone oh, in the yes. office is like, yeah, oh, no, Christmas I'm going is, to my granny's. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> or even like uh, today's my granny's 60. So we're mm. going down to Wexford to do mm. this party and whatever. And it's just like, wow, I am missing so much of my of my family. And that I feel that takes a toll in 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 your mental health in a way. And I suppose, again, I try to see the positive side of everything, but, you know, it's it's just like you're just so lucky to just go down to Wexford and be with your granny, be with your mom or something like that. So it's something that, yeah, I try to deal in the best way I can. But but yeah, it gets hard sometimes, even especially in Christmas time, I suppose. Let's just call it being a migrant can be lonely. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, I think also I suppose that... You know, you are an adult now and you have yeah. so many responsibilities. And even with my other migrant friends, it's so hard to catch up. To catch up. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, tomorrow I'm uh, meeting with my friends after four months. And it's just like, guys, oh because we yeah. did like a Venezuelan party um, uh, during <laughs> Christmas. And it's just like, guys, we haven't met each other in four months. So let's meet up. Um, I think it's needed, you know, and it's just get busy yeah. and it's just like, gosh, I, I just need them. Like sometimes you want to be with people who also understand your references. So, yeah. And, and <laughs> sometimes it's like, as immigrants, you don't want to be in a case where you're only making friends that are from your own yeah, ethnic course. origin. Yeah, you want to no. try as well. And, yeah. you know, like I'm in Ireland, I need to have one or two Irish friends. Like, what, what do I have to show for being here? Yeah. Um, but then it's also about like, if I go to the pub or if I'm doing things that 
are not culturally as fun for me or like I'm not getting the music. It's very, because mm-hmm. like I'm African, we listen to Afrobeat. Like yeah. it's, we're, the way we dance is very different. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're like jumping more, but we're like, you know, shaking our waist, twerking. <laughs> it's very different. Like if I start twerking, it's like, ah, what's happening? There's so much fuss, but this is the way yeah. <laughs> that dancing is. So I think sometimes when we just hold on to that community or like try to find it's it's, it's like a safe space or like be in a familiar environment, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and I just, I know you have like a very international upbringing and I wanted to actually find out from you, like, what what would you identify with? And also, like, do you feel that being international in terms of like where you've come from has helped you to not have as much mental issues with being a lone immigrant in Ireland? Or do you still like go down to your Indian roots and be like, oh, yeah, I wish I had that. Do you have a community? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I feel like I have a very unique background. So mm-hmm. I don't relate to a lot of migrant experiences in that way because yeah. my whole life has been kind of moving from place to place mm-hmm. and not really setting down roots anywhere. I don't really have very strong cultural ties to India or anywhere else. Um, I mean, I would say I'm more American than anything because most of my like education happened in international schools or in American schools. So culturally, I fit kind of more into that. But, you know, I'm still not, you know, fully American or anything. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be like, like, what, for example, when you talk about like missing birthdays or whatever, like, I don't really feel that because I, I've not, like, my my parents and I don't have that kind of relationship. Or we're not close in that way. Mm. So I don't necessarily feel the need to, like, see them very often or talk to them very often. And you're uh, an only child. Yeah, I am yeah. an only child as well. So, like, it, I don't have any siblings to, like, connect to. So, like, I, I'm used to kind of, like, doing stuff alone. Uh, but that isn't to say that I don't get lonely, of course. Um like, I do feel like sometimes I was like, you know, I wish I had siblings to kind of have that, like, built-in support system or connection because I have to kind of build that on my own wherever I go. And it gets kind of exhausting after a while yes. having done it, like, so often. Yes. It's like, I don't have, like, childhood friends or, like, hmm. friends from, like, many, many years because I I was never in one place for long yeah. enough to yeah. do it. But I guess it also helps because I'm kind of, like... I'm used to kind of being the only person of color, the only person of my ethnicity or part of the world in like a space. So it doesn't bother me as much. Like I don't really, I used to not really notice it until a few years ago when I started to be like more like aware of like racial disparities and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I was, I didn't really notice that like, oh, like I happen to be the only person of color here. Like, but now I notice it more. It doesn't bother me very much that I don't really fit in anywhere because, again, that's been, like, my whole life story. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I know that I don't belong fully anywhere, and that's fine with me. Um, Like, it doesn't bother me as much, you know? Kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'll never fit in with, like, Indian people who grew up in India. I'll never fit in with, like, other people, like pe- Indonesian people mm-hmm. or American people fully I'll never fit in with, like, Irish people fully because I didn't grow up here. I moved here well into my adulthood. So I guess it helped. My background kind of helps in that way because I'm not very, like— Oriented to— Yeah, I'm not, like, trying to, like, fit in or, you know, super integrate and, like, 
you know, I'm fine not being like super Irish or like whatever. Yeah. Well, what think, is your yeah. like, and not to box you, especially in 2023, but what is your identity? Like, what do you identify with in all this thing? Um, I, I mean, I identify like as an Indian national, mm. you know, because that does affect, um, and I guess we'll get, get into that in a bit, like our our status here and like mm. how that affects your mental health and everything. But, you know, that does affect my life a lot. So I do identify like as an Indian national, but like I don't culturally feel very mm. Indian. I don't speak any Indian languages fluently or even semi-fluently. I can understand some and like my family speaks them and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I just say that I'm Indian for like simplicity's sake, but it's mm. just not, I'm not able to really. You're somewhat. Um, you are yeah. a citizen of the world. So. Yeah. Global sure. majority. <laughs> I, like I want to be a citizen of the world, but I have to be a citizen of India, which is very disadvantageous. Mm. As oh, you both oh, preach, know. preach yeah. So I don't really have a choice in that. So. No. But yeah. Anyway, I just want to say quickly before we round up. And I first of all, I want to thank you all for actually, you know, making your way down here and almost getting lost. I actually got lost. Trying to find the actual space to record it. But um, I just want a few words from yourself, especially around because of our backgrounds. And I want a message kind of acknowledging that it's okay to talk about mental health in migrant communities. Because I'm happy that we've been able to delve deep in this space. But like I said, and like we've all highlighted, just because of the existence of so much chaos in fact and in continuum, in countries of origin, it's actually hard to do anything but be resilient. So I just would like us to be able to encourage these types of chats. And I want from your own perspective. So I will just keep the conversation around, actually talk about about your mental health. And I will really encourage you to talk, even with your friends, like just mention the fact that you are sad, that you're not doing mm. great at, at work. I feel people sometimes try to just be very positive. And I think I really kind of, sometimes I, I am that person. I really Same. want to be positive, but you can be positive all the time. And I just encourage people just to talk about it. Like you will, you will find that your friends actually a very go, a good friend. I actually mm. goes to therapy and you didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, maybe some other friends are facing, um, you know, a depression and you, you figured out after and it's like, you know, maybe I wasn't there for my friend because people just don't talk about that. So yeah, just open the conversation, tell your friends, you know, I'm sad, I'm happy, I am not doing great at job, that kind of thing. I think it is a good way to, to open the conversation there because sometimes, you know, we are just so far away of people that really care about us, about our families. And, you know, sometimes we are just talking over the phone, but I don't want to mention my mom that yeah. I am feeling a little bit sad because I want to hear, you know, what she's doing or something like that or with my dad or with my brother. You know, they're just so far away that I feel that I'm taking the time from them talking something that is not that positive and happy. So, so yeah, my message will be yeah. just talk about it with whoever you feel like talking about it, like even colleagues at work, having the conversations with very good colleagues at work, like people really understand. And it's just, you know, take your time, take your space and that kind of thing. So, yeah, just talk it out. That's oh, it. Yeah. That, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I just want to leave people with the thought that everybody 
goes through periods, um, whether it's long or short, of poor mental health. Like Mm -hmm. everybody, there's nothing wrong with you um, if you do find yourself in that situation. And the most helpful thing, like Sam said, is to like talk about it to people that you trust. And yeah, it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's not like uh, something that only happens in the West, even if it may not be called mental health issues or, you know, clinical diagnoses. It still happens everywhere in the world. People struggle with very similar things all over the world. So, um, and it needs to be addressed in order to like kind of also stop like the cycle of like trauma and cycle of like bad mental health practices and stuff like that. Because you literally said that like it triggered something in me that I actually used to believe in when I was back home. Because sometimes you watch stuff and you hear about, oh, like someone's being suicidal. There's all these mental health issues. And yeah, like the lingo was that this is just a thing for white people. Like they actually don't have the real problems. Like there's no, they're not starving. So mm-hmm. their problems are like in their minds because like they have such good hospitals. So whatever the physical thing is, they're sorting it out. So, but for us, like there's people who actually are needing like the physical, like we have, we don't even have sufficient physical care, like for actual physical bodies in terms of hospitals that were like, oh, mental health is something like, is a luxury. Mm, it is, yeah. And maybe in a weird way, the reason why we're able to have this chat is because now we're living in the West and we're able to take advantage of this luxury. Yeah. And we have the time to think about that. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, like when you're starving and you don't, you're looking for food, like doesn't mean that you don't have mental health issues. You probably have more, but it's just not at the front of your mind because of these survival things that you mm. have to do, you know, yeah, definitely. like they still are there. But you can't think about it because you're you're looking for where yeah. to find they, food. They are covered with so many things. Yeah, they're underneath. Anyway, thank you guys so much. We've come to the end of our episode. And I'm just going to say thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank Lovely. you. And please listen to our coming episodes. They're going to be a fun time. And we will just continue to be a couple of young migrant women discussing mental health as we find ourselves in Ireland. Thank you. That's all, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our session. Join us for more episodes on mental health. And please note that this podcast was brought to you by Akira, kindly sponsored by the Bank of Ireland. Until next time, take care and have a good day. And please take care of your mental health.